Experts claim there is nothing tougher than a diamond. But at Diamonds Direct, we beg to differ. Have you ever met a mother? Strong, radiant, timeless. This Mother's Day, give her the gift that meets her match. With diamond jewelry starting at $200, plus Diamonds Direct's exceptional quality and unbeatable everyday price, you're sure to give her a gift that wows this generation and the next to come. Experience the thrill of jewelry shopping done right at Diamonds Direct. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos' picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's, Rappaport's Reality Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. This is Lee Habib, and this is Our American Stories, and we tell stories about everything here on this show, including your stories. Send them to OurAmericanStories.com. They're some of our favorites. Dustin Black is a group creative director for an ad agency in Minneapolis, Minnesota. In 2007, he published The Book of Spam, a most glorious and definitive compendium of the world's favorite canned meat. It was a collaboration with his advertising partner at the time, Dan Armstrong, when they worked for Hormel as advertisers. Shortly after the book was published, it was internationally recognized and distributed. Here is Dustin Black with the story of Spam. Right off the bat, it was a lot of uh, interesting. You'd be going to work and you'd pull over and call... Korean radio show or something like that to talk about it. You know, what's great about Spam and I think why it had the appeal is it's got that 
it's been around for forever and everybody has a story about it. Like there's very, there's nobody in the world that you can't sort of like spark up a conversation around spam, you know, any corner of the globe, it's, it, there's an experience with it. Uh, I was on production with uh, Tim Gunn a couple years ago and he and I bonded over spam stories growing up because that was part of his like heritage. And I mean, spam is fascinating. And I think that what Hormel maybe doesn't even get as much credit for as they should is sort of revolutionizing the, the meat pr process or the meat packing process. Uh, spam itself is, is a result of, uh, you know, a hundred years of technology of trying to preserve meat to get it shelf stable for longer periods of time. And strangely enough, like Napoleon, when he was moving his armies, uh, was really fascinated with how do I feed these, these armies through really cold Russian winters and keep them fed and they're getting tired of salted and dried out food. So he started playing around and some of his, his scientists, I guess you can call them, with packing meat in glass jars and putting fat on top of it and they would boil it for an hour. And that boiling was basically a, an early version of pasteurization. And from there, it went to cans, metal, thick metal cans. And it got to the point where the cans were larger and heavier than the meat itself. And so it wasn't very easy to transport. It was very difficult to open. And there's stories of the war when they would use their guns and muskets to shoot open the cans. I mean, there was a lot of problems back then because they would they would make the cans too big and so they couldn't cook the middle. So there was botulism and there was problems with, you know, spoiled middle and the outside was good. And um, so eventually through sort of, I don't know, his, his brilliance, Hormel, he came back during World War Two and said, basically, like, we put it in this, this smaller size, you cook it for three hours, you get a you get a top that you can open. It's a way of preserving the meat, a pasteurization that keeps it shelf stable. And that was really like revolutionary and kind of in 1937 was the start of this sort of processed uh, meat and and for him too it was at the time like in world war one and when he was serving in world war one they were shipping meat with bone in it they would ship the 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 cow or they'd ship the pork and it would have bones in it that's not very efficient for weight it's not very efficient because there's a lot of scrap pieces left over so he said look if we take the bones out if we grind it up we put it in a smaller can, we pasteurize it, it'll ship. And in 1937, that was kind of the start of Spam was born. So what was fascinating in 1937, then he helped revolutionize, you know, World War II was just on the verge of starting up. It was kind of, Spam was sprinkling in. It wasn't as ubiquitous as it is today, or it wasn't quite as popular. But quickly, you know, the military recognized the advantage of it. And so they started shipping it to all the, the military overseas. And what's fascinating is they, I think that's kind of where the reputation of Spam started and was solidified. You had you know, people on these bases in Guam and, you know, around the world, and they're getting fed spam constantly because it was kind of such an easy food to send. But also what happened is the government had them overcook it essentially for safety. Like they wanted, instead of just cooking it for three hours, they cook it for five and that kind of mushed the meat. So they're getting fed this lesser quality uh, processed meat uh, around the world. And then because the idea and because during the war, we, they needed as much protein sent over as possible, other manufacturers were doing it in sizes that weren't as reliable. So you'd get 12 pound sizes and six pound sizes and that flexing up of different quality standards and of different processing and of different cooking, you kind of ended up with a, a perfect storm of these soldiers that, that were stationed around the world, getting overfed something they were tired of eating 
getting mixed quality, getting bad quality. And then, you know, in the perfect marketing storm, then they were all sent home to spread the word. And so that's how we ended up with Spam So Popular in Guam and Spam So Popular in Hawaii. But also I think how what started the bad name and reputation for Spam was because it was such a, a mixed bag. And so, you know, here we are 80 years later uh, and it still kind of has that reputation of being something that's like weird or strange animal parts or gross, which is which is really interesting and unfortunate. Because at, at the end of the day, Spam is actually a really good cuts of meat. Like it's really just ham, pork shoulder, salt water, and a little sodium nitrate. And sodium nitrate is found in any processed meat. It just keeps it safe. But it's it's the better cuts of meat. The the byproducts that you, that you don't use go into hot dogs and sausages. Like that's the real. Like if you'll eat a hot dog or a sausage, you should really have no problem with spam because it's actually better cuts and quality of meat. And for years, it got the reputation of like the gel, right? Like that's one of the first things people. And a little bit less less so now, but like people are always like, "Ooh, it's got the gross gel on the outside, and it makes that funny noise." And what's interesting is that was actually that's pure protein. That's actually not that bad for you. And it's a byproduct of the cooking process. Protein goes towards heat. If you're pasteurizing meat in a can, the heat draws the protein out. It stays there. But then people open it up and it looks gross and looks like, you know, petroleum jelly or whatever. So back in 2001, they ground up a little bit of potato starch, stuck that in there. The potato starch traps the protein and you don't have any gel anymore. So since 2001, they've got rid of the gel, which has helped with the, the reputation of it. And you're listening to Dustin Black tell the story of Spam. And I'm a big hot dog lover. I also love liverwurst and bologna. So, of course, I can eat Spam. When we come back, more of the incredible story of Spam with someone who knows a lot about it and wrote the book of Spam. We continue with Dustin Black's story about this inimitable American product here on Our American Stories. Folks, if you love the great American stories we tell and love America like we do, we're asking you to become a part of the Our American Stories family. If you agree that America is a good and great country, please make a donation. A monthly gift of $17.76 is fast becoming a favorite option for supporters. Go to OurAmericanStories.com now and go to the Donate button and help us keep the great American stories coming. That's OurAmericanStories.com. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors in our lives, big ones and small ones. If we keep them bottled up, boy, that can be a real problem. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest, to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. I know people who've profoundly benefited from therapy, learning everything from coping skills to setting boundaries in their life. You don't have to have experienced major trauma to benefit from therapy. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online. It's safe. It's designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com OAS today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp.com slash OAS. Betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash OAS. 
If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slammed up. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's Rappaport's Reality Reality Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're talking tea, we're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Here are some examples of what you'll hear from us on Rappaport's Reality Podcast. This is where we discuss all things reality TV, all things popular culture. And a little bit of... Rappaport's reality, the reality of bit. us. We're a figuring bit. out. And if we had been recording these last four or five days, Ooh. it, it would have been, Ooh, a, been the podcast juicy. would have taken a, a, a left turn. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. More Than a Movie is back with season two of the award-winning film podcast, and this time with a lot more movies. I'm your host, Alex Fumero, and each week I'm going to talk to the people behind some of my favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the OG spy kid, Alexa Penavega. You had Carlo Gugino, who's the coolest mom ever. You had Antonio, who's handsome, amazing, charismatic. And then Carvin and Juni. I felt like a lot of other kids felt like this could be me. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Every episode will feature interviews with the biggest actors, directors, writers, and producers behind your favorite films and tap into the history of Latinos in film. Listen to More Than a Movie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. And we return to Our American Stories and the story of Spam. Yes, the canned meat 
We've been listening to Dustin Black, author of The Book of Spam, a most glorious and definitive compendium of the world's favorite canned meat. And he's telling the story of the creation of Spam. During World War II, Hormel realized that there was a great need for shelf-stable meats to be sent to our troops. And thus, Spam was created. We left off with Dustin talking about people's hesitation with buying the canned meat product. Let's return to Dustin Black. But I still think people have trouble thinking about buying meat off a shelf. But, you know, it's a, it's a state of mind because there's so many, you know, cans of soup, you know, have meat in it. And, it, there, you know, there's plenty of examples of shelf stable. And it all just goes back to that pasteurization, back to that idea of, you know, 200, 300 year old technology of if you cook it and kill everything and don't let any air and bacteria in there, it's shelf stable for a long amount of time. And Hormel's actually continued, and I think they, they don't get the credit they deserve for, for, you know, revolutionizing a lot of the packaging processes they do. Their, a lot of their lunch meats um, are now high-pressure pasteurized, and, and that kills, it basically squishes all the bad stuff in there. And so the, it can be all natural without having to add a lot of yeah, extra preservatives, but they do it through a pressure and, and a technology, you know, like just shelf technology, which is really interesting. The book... Uh, we go through a lot of different chapters of how it's made, the origins of Spam, the origins of processed meat. Uh, it goes through the Spam Museum, it goes through the Spam Mobile that used to travel around the country giving out samples. But throughout there, we weave in a lot of photos from people that get sent into Hormel. That was one of the more interesting parts about working on the ads as we had access to their archive and to the people down there that were getting the fan mail. And, you know, you would have people that would send in the fan art, they would make costumes out of spam cans, they would do weddings with a spam themed, you know, cake. From around the world, you get people that would send in, you know, just their rooms that are painted like spam or their car is spam painted. And it's just, you know, it's it's had such, for such a long time, a, a devoted fan base. I and mean, whether you love or hate spam, you know, you kind of have a story or you kind of know about it and have an affinity. You know, it's a brand that I think you sort of have to unabashedly love. You know, I know that there's a bit of a stigma out there with it. So if you're a Spam fan and you're proud to wear a shirt, you sort of take that as a, you know, a badge of honor that you're someone that thinks differently. You're someone that is not scared to go against the grain. And, you know, you have your taste and you're not scared to share it. You know, in Korea, it for a while was used as a wedding gift. It was an acceptable wedding gift because it was sort of something of such great esteem and honor. It's that universal sort of story device that I think was most interesting. You know, for years with the advertising, we had the tagline, we did Crazy Tasty. Um, it's not around anymore, but I really loved it when we did it because it was all, to me, it walked that line. As someone who loves it thinks, yeah, it is crazy tasty. Like I really, you know, I can put it in between two slices of bread. I can cook it with eggs or put it, you know, in my spam sushi and it's amazing, it's tasty. And then the people that didn't like it or didn't get it kind of related to the crazy part. Like it's crazy tasty. Like, and the crazy was like, I don't get it, but it's kind of fun and it's weird. And I see people, you know, wear a shirt and I can strike up a conversation. So we kind of walked the line with that. Um, but at the end of the day, like it's, you know, when it's prepared and cooked properly, like it's, it's really good. And I think we're starting to see a resurgence of that. There's a lot of fancy restaurants that are using it as a, an addition to a, a you know, a protein option. And, you know, we've seen food trucks pop up with it. Uh, it's kind of has a bit of a resurgence in that sort of way that like uh, PBR has a resurgence, you know, it's that nostalgic sort of brand that 
uh, people love and kind of has a familiarity to them. So yeah, you can see a lot of, a lot of menus. And you look at like French cuisine, you go to a really fancy French restaurant and you're gonna get served pork roulettes. But essentially it's a, it's a fancy French version of Spam. It's the same thing, they grind it up, you know, they, they put it into a, a, a can or, you know, often into a, a, a dish, cook it, slice it and serve it. And it's exactly like what Spam is, it's just, you know, not pasteurized for as long. It's a classic brand that's been around for 80, 90 years. And it's gone through all the same phases that advertising has gone through. So it came back, was, you know, the, the sort of solution to, to, to dinnertime problems. So for a really long time, that was the sort of like, let me show you different ways to cook it. Let me, let me give you recipe ideas. You know, I love the classic 60s casserole recipes and things like that, where it's like Spam Jello and, you know, just things that like probably shouldn't have ever seen the light of day. Uh, so it went through that phase, you know, they did, a, um, you know, some soap opera and sort of that like detergent soap sort of like sponsorships and in the 80s, it was all about, you know, helping, helping solve dinner. You know, what are we going to have for dinner tonight? It's a spam night. And um, they went then through a phase of the, the sort of spam a lot where they kind of leaned into the, into the can nature of it, where they had that little uh, character that kind of popped up. He was on the cans and he, he um, gave you recipe ideas and told you to, you know, don't forget spam. Pre-2001, there was a lot of uh, hacks or sort of urban wives tales around like what to do with the gel. So use it on a squeaky hinge. Uh, you know, you could use it to ship off a table, like all sorts of things like that. Uh, you know, and then I think there's a whole culture and art around the cans. You know, they, they're these nice little tin cans. You can use them for painting or pot, you know, put some, some flowers in them or something like that. And so there's kind of a whole art collective around uh, what happens with the cans. Uh, and now, I, I, from what I see, they're in kind of a classic uh, mode. It's been through all the phases of, of food advertising from, you know, weird ads you probably shouldn't have seen the light of day to uh, sponsorships to, you know, thousands of products you can buy today with, you know, if you need spam keychains or spam flip-flops, you know, they got you covered. I mean, because everybody's got a connection to it. Like you would get on the phone with someone in Korea and they would talk about, you know, getting it as a wedding gift or you'd get on the phone and they'd talk about making it as a kid or, you know, how much they loved eating it in college. And it's it's one of those brands that just sparks, you know, it, it and I, I think it's because of its, its lore in pop culture, right? Back in the 70s when Monty Python did the spam, 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 like that continued to ratchet up the lore and it, it, you know, now we call, you know, email, junk email, spam email. And, and that kind of comes a little bit off of the Monty Python. And Jim Henson had a, a, a spammy character in, in some of the movies and saw spam a lot. Eric Idle came out with the version of the Holy Grail that went to Broadway, which was brilliant. It was a lot of fun, but he recognized the value of the spam brand. And at the time, you know, Hormel recognized the value in branded content. They partnered uh, with Eric Idle and they had Spam a lot and it toured the globe and was very, very successful and a lot of fun. For years, they had the Spam Mobile that toured, um, you know, they gave out, I think, 1.7 million samples in 2007 or something like that. Uh, and there was five of them and they would go around and you'd get lines two blocks long and people could get a little sample of Spam. Because uh, it's one of those things that like if it's cooked per properly it's it's really good like you don't take hamburger and just like hey let me cook hamburger and just give you a spoonful of hamburger like that would be weird 
But like that's what people often think about or do with spam. They're like, here, put a fork in it and try it. And it's like, no, it's not right. Like, grill it. <laughs> you're gonna get the Juilliard effect and get some nice caramelization, and you're gonna put it between two buns or put it between two slices of bread, and it's really good. You know, you put it with some pineapple and rice, and it's really tasty. Or put it with some mashed potatoes, like. That, that you know you just have to prepare it properly and i think that's why we're seeing a resurgence in food trucks and in in some sort of uh boutique sort of restaurants because the chefs realize it's you know it's easy they can get a lot of it and and store it and have it re you know ready right there um but you grill it up or cook it properly and it makes a dish really tasty i mean next time you're in the store pick up you know a 12 ounce can or you know, they, they do singles now with three ounce, which is a little bit easier to get into. You don't have to, you know, have the commitment of a 12 ounce can uh, and you can get a little slice uh, and try it. Like, you know, put it, grill it up, put it between two pieces of bread or, uh, you know, put it in some with some buns and some American cheese and uh, have yourself a tasty little sandwich because, you know, it's, it's, you either had it, you know, it's good or you are scared of it and, you get over it and try it. And great job on that piece, as always, by Faith. And a special thanks to Dustin Black. The story of Spam, here on Our American Story. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's, Rappaport's Reality, Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. The stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening. 
More Than a Movie is back with season two. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.